0: what is going on everybody welcome into anti-up howard bender and adam ronis from the fantasy alarm here on the sawdust podcast network what's up adam oh baby it's draft season and it's injury season for the for mlb um i know you've got a big draft coming up tomorrow uh you catching all this news here kirby yates uh fernando tatis bangs his shoulder up Crazy stuff going on, man. How are you holding up?
1: Yeah, I'm good. I mean, look, I hope that some of this is not serious. Obviously, with Kirby Ace, it doesn't sound good. Sounds like he's headed for Tommy John surgery. So that sucks if you already drafted him. And I know I have him in at least one league. So that's unfortunate. Uh, I know I was looking at Romano in my main event on Sunday night. And before he made it back to us, he was taken. So that's kind of poor luck. Um. Tatis, it doesn't sound like it's that serious. Uh, it's a left shoulder. He it, it bothered him on a throw, and he is right-handed. But apparently, Jace Tingler said that is an issue that he's kind of dealt with on and off, and it just flared up, and he's managed to play through it over the years. So you just have to hope that is the case. Uh, but yeah, there are definitely some injuries that are, are coming out. You know, Robbie Ray banged up, George Springer, grade two oblique, even though they're saying, oh, yeah, he should be ready. He's going to try to be ready for opening day. That sounds kind of weird. This is something that we knew about for like a week or so, and uh, Zach Gallen getting a second opinion. So that's usually not good either. So uh, some some injuries popping up, which is uncharacteristic because for this spring, we really didn't have big injuries
0: this spring. No, we, we didn't. And to, so to see them all crop up here at the end, um really blows man I mean, that's just i mean i i took i spent nineteen bucks to to uh to roster zach gallon and n l labor right i mean that's that's a strong investment there for the youngsters, so you know second opinion second opinion just means that they didn't like what the first doc said, and that's uh that's not good that is not good at all i mean i'm I'm hoping it's not you know, the ligament. But, I mean, how many times have you seen it, Adam? Oh, this dude's got forearm tightness. Oh, and guess what? He's having Tommy John surgery now tomorrow.
1: Yeah, so just going to have to wait on that news to see exactly what's going on. But sounds like it might not turn out to be good.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's going to be a huge fucking bummer, dude. That's gonna, oh, man. There's nothing worse. It's an NL-only league. There's nothing on the waiver wire. Like, and I really, I went through, you know, just looking at the reserve round picks for this draft. (laughs) I gotta tell you, man, everybody's reserves look like dog shit. Like, I mean, it's just, it's, there's nothing there. There's no depth. Like I like, you know, a a big chunk of my team here, but I mean, fuck, you're playing from behind uh, when you lose like your number two pitcher before the season even starts.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Mono Leagues, it's it's difficult because you're just not going to find a suitable replacement in a mixed league. You can overcome it. I mean, your season's not over in a Mono League. It just makes the path to victory more difficult.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, I, <laughs> I, I told you, I'm spoiled in labor, right? It was 2018. I, I went wire to wire. Um, and really, I mean, there were like a couple of moves that I made early on in the season, but it really all just came down to the fact that i uh, i had a decent amount of bid money left and made the commitment that i was going to put it all on you know just go for broke here and i put it all on juan soto everything left and said you know listen i like the depth that i have on my roster i actually had some really nice reserve picks uh made some decent you know early waiver moves and said this is it it's sink or swim so it was juan soto or bust and it, it you know turned out great, um, but yeah, now to to start like this is like ugh. not that I'm like averse to doing the work. It's just yeah, it's just not fun sometimes. Not fun sometimes. Now that main event draft of yours, that's over, right? Is it a slow draft? No, that's a live draft. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, what's the rest of your team look like there? I, was, um, I remember we went, we last night over. we started talking about the first few picks. No, and I rounded out the pitching staff. Yeah, you asked about the whole pitching staff. What else did you want to know? Oh, I don't know. I don't, you know listen, dude, today has been a, a, a fucking train wreck for me, all right? <laughs> <laughs> it just, it's been one of those days, man. It's been one of those days. Shout it out, by the way, Lance McCullers Jr., uh, who joined the Fantasy Alarm Show today, uh, which is Tuesday, so... Uh, if you uh, listen on the SiriusXM app, you can hear uh, that interview. Um, he's talking about the uh, talking about the baseball. Uh, we we kind of touched on the uh, the seams thing because you know McCullers has this phenomenal curveball. It's like super nasty. Um, so we asked about the seams and being raised, and is that improving your grip? And he says that you know he's got a lot of depth to his curveball right now. Um, it's you know probably the best that he's seen. He did also notice, though, that he's got a couple of uh, he says it's not enough to, to for anybody to be concerned. But he's noticed, uh, you know, some uh, some blistering and some hot spots that are showing up, uh, you know, in different places for him right now. So that's obviously something that you want to take, a you know, take notice of, uh, especially when you're dealing with uh, with pitchers with a lot of breaking stuff. And uh, and pitchers who are notorious like blister guys. That's uh, something to pay attention to.
1: Yeah, no, it definitely is. I got to interview McCullough earlier, but it was UFC related. He's a big UFC fan. Him and Carlos Correa have their own podcast on the UFC.
0: Oh, that's right. I remember you guys were, were was that Lisando's Fantasy you guys had them on? Yes. There you go. There you go. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Um, well, tomorrow you've got your uh, your your GST draft, uh, and that's uh, the uh, the Greta Street Tavern for anybody who hasn't chimed in there. Uh, are they avid listeners to the podcast, Adam, or can you uh, kind of reveal some of uh, some of your strategy?
1: I mean, there's really no strategy, bro. It's a snake draft. You know what I mean? Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I, listen, I didn't know if it was a snake or an auction, man.
1: Yeah, no, nah, it's a snake draft. I'm surprised teams.
0: it's only a snake. Um, bunch of pussies.
1: Well, you're not in it. And you didn't pay up to be in it. So um, you didn't offer
0: me a spot. I dude. did.
1: You said you didn't want to join. Remember I That's, talked about it. You're like, oh, well, I, do you need anyone? Well, I don't want
0: to add another league. So. I said, do you need anyone? And you said, I did. No. And I no, said, I did it. Dude, I put
1: it on. I put it on Facebook. I said I needed people for a league. I told you at opening, you're like, well, I really don't want to join another league. I'm like, okay, well, I'll f- I'll fill it.
0: Mm. I don't know. You're going to have to show me that in writing, dude. Take a screenshot for me.
1: Uh, it was on this podcast.
0: What, what episode? I don't
1: remember. Dude, you really... You, uh, yeah, what episode? If I ask you something now, what episode was it? Are you going to be able to answer on the spot?
0: Yeah, go ahead. Ask me anything. Yeah,
1: okay. Um, but no, I mean, we we just do... A snake draft, just like we do for football, right? The GST football league's not an auction league. No, it's
0: not. It's not. It is a no trading league, which I hate, but you know. Yeah,
1: no, the baseball one's no trading either. We had issues a couple years ago with that. So eliminated it. We get, we model this after the high-stakes league. So it's Oh, so- who's the
0: who dish? Who 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 who's the shady person? Come on, let's hear it. No, I'm not getting into it. Fine. Fine. Continue then. Let's just, you know, go ahead. No, we we
1: model this after the high stakes league. So it's an NFBC format, 15 teams, 30 rounds, $1,000 fab, set lineups weekly. The only thing we did add, though, we added it last year. We did allow three IR spots due to COVID, and we are going to keep it for this year. So that's the one difference from the high stakes format. Is there an innings minimum? Yeah, 900.
0: 900. That's not bad. 900's okay. That's kind of easy to come up with. 900, even even in this day and age right now, with the way everything's looking. Hmm. Um. All right. Well, I don't know. You got anything for me today, Adam? Come on, man. Bring the heat. What do you got? Talk to me. No, I mean, today's just
1: a day where you really have to pay attention to all the injuries, man. Um, And then battles for jobs. You know, Amir Garrett struck out the side. So he's we had concern because he had that forearm soreness, but now it looks like he's fine. And I got to think he's the closer. So, you know, that, that's a good sign there if you drafted him. Uh, Terry Francona spoke about Nick Whitgren, how he, high he is on him. And there's been a lot of talk that he could close. So, you <laughs> know, people have been drafting James Karinchak very, very high understandably so because he's got great stuff but he might not have the job there so i i've kind of avoided him in drafts um it's still hard to push him all the way down the rankings though when you do relief pitcher rankings because like are you really gonna rank like isn't it hard to rank anthony bass over Karinchak, even though anthony bass is the closer right now
0: yeah i mean i feel like you gotta you, you gotta rank Karen check over him. You know, I mean, it's like, it's like, you know, moving up, you know, are, are you moving up Jordan Romano?
1: Yeah, you have to. You, although Right. But
0: I mean, but dude, to where are you moving Jordan Romano up to? Because Charlie Montoya said that he's not naming a closer now.
1: Yeah. Well, they all say that. And then Romano will get the first opportunity to, if he does well, he'll keep it. I mean, they're kind of grooming him. He was in line to be the closer. And if Yates is out, I don't see how it's not Romano. I mean, I do have Dolice in some draft champions league, so I'm okay with that. But, you know, Romano has the strikeouts. Uh, the walks were better last year. They were bad two years ago. But, again, we're dealing with small samples at the big league level. So I saw in a main NFPC main event, he went in the seventh round last night. That's way too early. Romano? I
0: mean,
1: no, in a mixed league. NFC in the
0: seventh round? Mm-hmm, of a main event. I mean, he's got good stuff. I'm not going to lie there, but that does seem a little bullish. Yeah,
1: for sure. I mean, that's kind of reactionary to the news. They probably, you know, you don't have any ADPs at that point. The news comes out and you're just like, oh, well, maybe he's the guy. I got to get him now, but definitely seemed too high for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, I I updated the, uh, the, the cheat sheet and it was like, well, you know, I'm like trying to figure out I'm having that same. Dilemma that you just said, you know, Karen, check or, or or Bass, you know, and I'm like, well, how high up do I move romano right now? I mean, obviously, I need to see how the situation looks. I know that it's you know fluid. Then Charlie Montoya's comments today, and I was like, oh, man, but I still think, you know, I mean, I've got him a little low, but you know, I mean, you know, how how I mean, how bullish? Like, I mean, all right, so you're in a draft, Adam. Um, let's say, let's say you've got, uh, or, you know, a closer already, you know, Trevor Rosenthal, you picked him up in the middle of the way, and then you're looking like late rounds for, for another guy. Um, you know, is Romano a guy you're pushing up over the, the usual Greg Holland, Anthony Bass kind of crew?
1: I think he's right in that range.
0: Okay.
1: Here's the thing. And when people. People will rely on us for rankings, and it's great, and especially when you've helped people for years and they come to you. But at some point, you guys have to use your own brain, you know, like don't strictly go, oh, well, he's Karinchak's ranked 12th. I got to take him here. No. You know, the reason why he's ranked that high is because he has a chance to get saves this year. Even if he doesn't open as the closer, he can still get. 15, 20 saves, he can take over. Maybe and starts, struggles, and they go, all right, we're going to go over Karinczak. He takes over and dominates. And the closer landscape is brutal. Like, the relief pitcher rankings kind of go with, if you feel different, go with it. Because we're all kind of guessing at this point. These managers don't even know. And if they do, they're not telling us. So it's just hard to rank, you know, like Daniel Bard, right? He's the closer. Are we really going to take him over Karinczak? (laughs) Right? You just can't. So you have to use common sense and just go, don't go, oh, well, he's ranked 13th on this list. I have to take him here. No, you could pass on him. Let someone else take him. It doesn't mean you have to take him there and then maybe wait and get someone further down the list. But you have to kind of stay up on everything that's going on with the closers. And there's so much shifting. You know, Jose Alvarado all of a sudden now. That was not a guy that anyone was really drafting at all two weeks ago now he might be the guy for Philly Emilio Pagan was believed to be third he could be a guy that closes now he went 16th in my main event 16th round my main event so you really have to pay attention we know that a lot of guys are going to merge off the waiver wire but I think that's the hardest list to rank is the relief pitchers right now because there's just so many question marks and it shifts every day so that's not a list that you should be going oh well Bender has him twelve. I gotta take him now. He's the highest. No, don't do that. Just kind of use it as a guide and use some common sense based on the depth charts and the recent news because it's just so fluid right now.
0: Well, let's kind of go through. It. Let's make it. Let's let's make it easy on everybody and uh, and let's uh, let's let's talk some closer. We can story.
1: do it, but it's not going to make it easier because what we say here today could be different in two days.
0: Well, uh, that uh, that's a hundred percent. That's a hundred percent. So. Uh, we will go into it with that caveat that if you're not watching the news, well, then you're a moron and you shouldn't be taking this as gospel. This is what's r- what what we think is right for for March 23rd, uh, right now. So before we get to that, a uh, little shout out here to uh, to our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight, the DFS set y'all need to be playing on. Here's why. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning, even you, Adam, even you. Uh, monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and esports too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else monkeyknifefight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTIUP, one word, A-N-T-E-U-P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to $50. Bucks. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh pay the bills. <laughs> All right, so here we go. I'm, like, I'm not going through these, these aren't like rankings, rankings. This is just more in the realm of you know, let's talk closers, let's talk job security and 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 things like that. This is now, as long as everybody's healthy and this is what the news is, you know, spinning to us right now. Liam Hendricks. Good solid job security in Chicago. Yes, yes. Okay, Josh Ader. Was just announced today by Chris, uh, by Craig Council that he's he wants to use Josh Hader in a more traditional closers form, so that to me says job security as well. Yeah, Araldis Chapman in the for the Yankees. Yep, yeah, he has security. You like that? Okay, uh, Rysell Iglesias for the Angels. Yes. Yeah. Mike Mayer's behind him. Ty Buttrey is there, but Iglesias there. Uh, Edwin Diaz for your Mets.
1: I think so, yes. I know some people are worried, but he actually pitched very well last year. When you look at a lot of the underlying numbers, got off to the bad start. Uh, Seth is not ready yet, so I actually feel safe with Diaz.
0: Okay. Uh, Trevor Rosenthal.
1: Yeah, they paid him $11 million, Um, I think. They brought him into close. They don't have anyone really behind them that you go, well, that's a serious competitor. I mean, no, I know Sergio Romo has closing experience, but um, I think he has pretty good security.
0: All right. Ryan Presley. Yes. All right. So right there, that's seven guys. Good job security. They're on good teams. They're going to get their save opportunities. And, you know, that's so, so that's, that's something to enjoy there. Kenley Jansen. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I know last
1: year was shaky in the postseason. He's actually pitched well in the spring. Yeah. I feel better
0: about him. Okay. Now, any of these guys here, you would take them where their ADP is sort of dictating right now?
1: Um, I haven't yet. I mean, I've taken... I took Hedricks in a draft champions league which I'm stunned that I did but draft champions no move so right. different format um I've taken Rosenthal um I think I took Diaz in one draft champion so it depends on the price I'm not going to pay 4th 5th 6th round value on these guys though
0: Okay so you yeah all right your preference is 7th round or beyond for closers Yeah okay All right so that right there might price you out of a Hendrix, a Hayter, a Chapman, uh, even a, even a Raysal Iglesias. So good to know. Um, all right, let's keep rolling here. So we, we talked to uh, uh and everything that's going on there. So uh, I you know, would not take uh, him over any of the aforementioned names right now, nor do I think you would either.
1: Nope, nope. I wouldn't draft him.
0: Okay. Brad Hand. In Washington.
1: Uh, He has the job, but he concerns me a little bit Um okay. with the velocity being down and everything. So um, I have not drafted him.
0: All right. But job security wise, uh, he's going to start with it. And he would like how severe of a blow up uh, do we need to see before we worry about him getting replaced?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think if he struggles pretty bad in Hudson or Rainey is pitching, well, I could see them replacing him.
0: Okay, uh, in Seattle, Rafael Montero. Not a whole lot of competition there. You got Keenan Middleton, uh, Johan Ramirez are behind him, but Montero seems to be the guy.
1: Um, I don't feel good about him. He has not pitched well this spring. Um, so no, I don't feel good
0: about him. Okay, all right. Um, so he looks like a guy who you're like, ah, based on this spring shaky you know shaky there's nothing there's nothing locking him into uh, his job security right now uh let's go to the north side of chicago you got craig kimbrell working for the cubbies
1: performance is my question obviously there's not much behind him um you know brandon workman's there he has some experience closing so he's probably given a long leash but you worry about the performance i know he was terrible last at the beginning of the year he finished really strong and I've seen some bumps along the way this spring.
0: All right, would you draft Craig Kimbrough? I I, I haven't been a fan here in the twilight of his career. Uh, where he's been going, I have not. Okay, yeah, me neither. He's definitely going higher than I would, yeah, uh, even think about. Um, Anthony Bass. Um, he he
1: seems to be the closer now, but Yumi Garcia is pretty good. Um, I'd take them, but it's not like you feel a hundred percent confident.
0: Yeah. Well, listen, uh, out of, uh, you know, with the exception of maybe the first eight names that we went through there, uh, you know, I don't think you can feel a hundred percent, hundred percent confident on any of these, any of these other guys. Um, all right. Uh, well, let's talk about him, Uh, Greg Holland and KC.
1: I probably feel better about him than most. Uh, I know they have a lot of good arms in there. Scott Barlow, Josh Stopmont, Uh Holland was pretty good last year. So I have taken him because I think he falls cheap. I think people are like, oh, he's 35 and, you know, he hasn't been good. But I think he's the guy, and that's really important. And He did pitch well last year. Uh, he had major problems with walks, though, in 2018 and 2019. So if those pop up again and looking at his track record, it might. I mean, you got to think, oh, 6.3% walk rate last year. Well, short in season. The years before, over 15% two years in a row. So that's really going to be the key. But I think he has the job to open the year, and that's pretty important.
0: All right. Uh, Let's go to St. Louis. You got Jordan Hicks leading the way. He's got triple-digit heat. Uh, Giovanni Gallegos, Ryan Helsley behind him. How do you feel about Hicks? I think they want him to be the guy. Uh, his price has gone way
1: up though. So it's tough to get him now. Uh, he was way cheaper two, three weeks ago. I mean, Gallegos might be the guy to open. Uh, but I think Hicks is going to be the guy. The Cardinals, it seems like they want him to be the closer.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, in Arizona, uh, Joaquin Soria. Uh, Stefan Crichton behind him, Kevin Ginkle, who has also, uh, had some, uh, some minor closer experience here.
1: Yeah. I don't feel good about anyone here. Um, I mean, he sorry, is the veteran he's closed before he was solid last year, as far as not allowing home runs, but the walks are a little high ERA was good, but it's, it's tough to trust him. So I
0: not drafted anyone from Arizona. All right. Uh let's go to Atlanta. You got Will Smith who seems to be the guy. I talked to uh Alex Anthopoulos uh was it, 2 weeks ago um or a week ago. Oh, it was a week ago. I talked to him and you know, he said that uh that Brian Snitker was going to make the uh make the 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 final call, the final decision here and you know, it's his job to announce who's closing. But then immediately it was like but how do you not love the spring that Will Smith is having right now? And he, like, singled out Will Smith over Chris Martin and A.J. Minter. So, seems like, you know, Smith getting a little bit of a boost there of confidence from Anthopolis. Uh, would you draft him?
1: Yeah, I would. I, I You know, he's a really good pitcher. You know, you do worry, though, if they, you know, what if uh, the eight, in the eighth inning, two lefties are coming up? They might go to him. And then maybe the night there's three righties, then you go to Martin. So there is that concern, but we know he's a good pitcher. He struggled last year. Did he have have COVID last year? I don't know why that's in my mind, but um, because he only pitched in 18 games. So I think in 16 innings, he might have had COVID. uh, But before that, I mean, he's been a top reliever. So, yeah, I mean, you, you feel... His job security is not safe because I could see Martin cutting it to his saves. But he's a really good reliever that even if he only gets 15 to 20 saves, he's going to help your ratios.
0: All right. Now the, now the bullpen everybody dreads. And yet everybody's still drafting Nick Anderson like he's locked in as the closer here. Let's talk Tampa Bay. You got Pete Fairbanks, Diego Castillo also there.
1: Oh, yeah. You can't feel good about any of these guys. Anderson's being overdrafted. I mean... If you're not getting saves from him, yeah, you can tell me all you want about the ratios, but you're taking this guy around 10, 11, 12. It's way too early. So not drafting him. I'll take shots on Fairbanks, Castillo, McClanahan, all those guys late. And, you know, you're basically throwing a dart and you're hoping that they get you some saves. But it's going to be frustrating. If you're in a weekly league, you know, you might see, say Castillo gets a save on Friday, a save on Sunday. All right, putting in my weekly lineup next week, no saves.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's uh that's the 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 way of the Rays, man. It's really annoying. I would love to see them bring uh McClanahan back up right after Super Two passes. And I'd love to see them lock him down there in the ninth. That kid's got ridiculous stuff. Ridiculous stuff. Um, um all right. Uh oh, Minnesota. You got the Alex colomay Taylor Rogers, tandem there. Tyler Duffy waiting in the wings. Yeah, I think this is a
1: split. And Columbia's been going too high. Like people are think he's the closer. I'm not sure why.
0: Um yeah, it's really tough to well, you know, because you gotta you gotta list him on the depth chart somehow, right? So I mean,
1: I think Rogers is being penalized for last year when it really wasn't it was kind of some bad luck stats. I don't think he was that bad.
0: Right. No, I don't think he was that bad either. I was I was very surprised that they brought in Colombia. I really was. And the only reason I thought that maybe that was you know the reason that they brought in Colme uh was because they didn't have you know their 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 lefty situation in the bullpen uh has been lacking actually over the last two seasons for Minnesota they've struggled with uh with lefty relievers but because they've been using Rogers uh as the closer and so I think you know one of the reasons I thought they brought in Colomay was because so that it would free them up to use Taylor Rogers in more High leverage situations, but yeah, I agree with you. I think that they're uh, they're looking at a pretty strong, you know, uh, lefty righty split here.
1: Yeah, it kind of feels that way. Rodgers has been falling and going a little bit cheaper.
0: Uh, yeah, he has, which you know makes me love it, man. I'll take him in the in the twenty second round as a uh, as a as a reliever who could get some saves. Yeah. I'm definitely in on that. I haven't uh, seen him fall that far. I'd like to be in that draft. Oh, really? You haven't yeah. seen him? Oh, yeah, there you go. Well, you're also, I mean, you—you—you. You, you, how many 12-team leagues do you do?
1: One, and it was labor. Yeah, exactly. And it was salary cap, so yeah. No, I do mostly 15s. So it's true.
0: right? I mean, so anybody who's fallen to the 22nd round in a 15-teamer, um, I mean, you're, you're talking about that's a guy who's going to go in the uh in, in the twenty-eighth or 29th round of a twelve team league. That's like a final round guy. Taylor's not Taylor Rogers isn't falling that far, but he's still falling pretty far in uh in a number of leagues. Uh Padres, you got Melanson, Emilio Pagan, we heard just might uh just might be the name of the guy. Uh Keon Aquila is just kind of hanging out there. He's got closer experience uh while we wait for Drew Pomeranz to come back from injury. Complete mess, man. I know
1: Pomerantz is supposed to throw, is it Wednesday or Thursday? He had that forearm soreness, no structural damage. Uh, but Lanson doesn't have the stuff the other guys do, but he has that closer experience. Uh Pagan has good stuff. I think he was dealing with some type of injury this year. The one thing I worry about with Pagan is he's had a lot a lot of home runs in his career. The quickest path to lose your job as a closer is walks and home runs. And he's had first career, he's a lot one point five nine home runs per nine innings, man. That's a problem. Like, you're you're not going to keep your job as closer like that. So um, I'll take the cheapest ones. You know, I, I took Pomerantz in tout, but that was March 9th. So at that yeah. point, I'm like, oh, he's got a shot. It was round 18. So, yeah, this is you could see all three of these guys get save opportunities this year. This looks like it's going to be a committee. Yeah.
0: Um, I've got news for you, Adam, the next several teams that we we name here, it's yeah, you're, you're not, you're not going to enjoy this. I mean, you might, you, you might enjoy it. Maybe you get like a, like a funny line in here somewhere. Um, but these are not good bullpens here. Let's go to, uh, (laughs) let's go to Cincinnati. You got Amir Garrett who struck out the side today. You got Lucas Sims, uh, Sean Doolittle. I, I, I think they really want. Uh, T.J. Antone into the into the rotation, back into the rotation, or at least uh, uh, you know, keep him as a multi-inning guy for uh, you know, 6th, 7th, 8th innings Yeah, I'd say it's
1: Garrett, you know, Sims has really good stuff, I thought he had a shot like in the offseason, but you know, he was also dealing with a little bit of an injury, it's good to see Garrett back, and then again, he's pitched two innings, struck out all six batters So that's a really good sign. And I know there's concern about a lefty, but you got Doolittle who's a lefty uh, for those other situations, even though he's not that good anymore. So I'd probably say Garrett is the guy.
0: Um, Yeah, I'm looking at Garrett as hopefully the guy as well. Still a very fluid situation. Pittsburgh, Richard Rodriguez, Kyle Crick, Michael Feliz. Rodriguez seems to be the guy, but you know, A, it's Pittsburgh, uh, and B, you know, I mean, does he have the stuff to to command that he's the guy?
1: Yeah, I'm not sure he is the guy. Uh, I think there were comments that they want to use him like high leverage situations. So I would not be drafting if they go, oh, he's the guy. And uh, Kyle Crick Velocity has been up a little bit the last few starts, still below where it is. So uh, I think Crick's not a bad guy to take later on because Rodriguez is the guy people are drafting, assuming he's closing. You know, he's like in that 14th, 15th round of uh, 15 team leagues. Uh, I'm trying to see where he went in mine. Why don't I see it? It's not standing out to me. All that yellow. And why is his name not? Bass went in 14. Oh, there he is. Rodriguez in round 13.
0: I'm not doing it. All right. So here we go. So now we had the top eight. All right. And that that top eight was Hendrix, Hayter, Chapman, Iglesias, Diaz, Rosenthal, Presley, Jansen. We like their job security. We like their 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 stuff. We like their positioning. Uh, they're in they're in a good spot there. Uh if you're investing early in a closer, that's the range you want to go to. Um just to sum up the the middle sections here uh karinchak we both don't like the risk hand we both don't like the risk Montero not having a good spring I think his job security might be you know if, if he if he can get back on track a little bit be okay because I just I don't think that Middleton or Ramirez are any good in there but you don't you you just yeah you're you're not interested in him are you I haven't taken him yet.
1: He'd have to yeah. fall past his ADP.
0: Kimbrel, we're not thrilled with. We understand what his role is, and so be it. Bass, yeah, I mean, if it's a late round closer that you're grabbing, Bass seems to have uh, okay job security. Even though Yimi Garcia is uh, is is solid, we both like Holland uh, for the Royals as a late late round opportunity. We believe. That the Cards want Hicks to to be the guy, but we just don't have the confidence just there just yet. Um, Soria, you don't like him very much. He's okay, but not great. Will Smith, he's got the job right now. We'll have to see. We're not taking Anderson at his price. We're not taking Columet at his price. Uh, Melanson at his price, uh, I'm I'm not averse to it. You? Yeah, I'm fine today because now he's really fallen. Yeah, uh, Amir Garrett also super late round. I'll take him. I think he's going to move up. I'll I'll try and get my drafts done quickly then before he does. Yeah, you're going to have to. Uh, and neither one of us like Richard Rodriguez. So that, that, there you go. That's the middle section there of, uh, of closing. Now let's, um, <laughs> scrape the bottom of the barrel here. And we, we talked Jordan Romano, Rafael Dolis, you got David Phelps over there in Toronto. W- yeah. I mean, for the for the current price tag of where Romano could go, uh probably not, but where are you at?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm willing to take him. I, I we just don't have much data on what his ADP is. I just saw that one draft where he went around seven. I wouldn't do that, but I think he'll probably wind up in the mm, I, I don't know. It's hard to say because I haven't seen recent drafts to see where he goes, except that one.
0: Okay, okay. Okie dokie. Detroit, Gregory Soto, Brian Garcia, Jose Cisnero.
1: Yeah, my guess is it's Soto, but it's a guess. I'm not sure what they're going to do. Garcia, not great. I mean, Jimenez is still there, too. Um, So I took Soto in round 28 the other night. Soto in
0: round 28. All right. Yeah. 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 That's, you know, late round pickup. I, I, I do like his stuff. Philadelphia, Archie Bradley, Hector Norris, Jose Alvarado. Uh,
1: it, I mean, I, I really don't know who the guy is. A lot of people were talking, Oh, it's Bradley. They brought him in. I mean, Girardi seems to be uh, at least historically one guy. There's has the experience. He's been up and down. Alvarado's look great this spring. Um, I'll I'll take Alvarado if he's cheap. I'll take Neris if he's cheap too. And it looks like they all will be, but
0: we don't know who it is. We don't. We're blindfolded right now. Okay. Uh in Boston, Matt Barnes seems to be the guy, but I am not into him at all. I I think Adam Otovino ends up closing more uh for the Red Sox here. And then you've also got Hirokazu Sawamura.
1: Yeah, I think Ottavino could potentially get this too. So, um, I'll take him late in the last couple of rounds if he's there. Uh, Barnes has got issues with command. So, yeah, there's definitely questions here with Boston.
0: Yeah. Uh, as we mentioned in Colorado, you've got Daniel Bard leading the way right now. Scott Oberg, uh, did some closing for them last year. They brought in Michael Givens. Um, you know, from Baltimore. Now Givens had a little problem with the long ball and Camden yards. Can't imagine <laughs> field being much better for him. Uh, but would you draft Bard?
1: Uh, probably not based on his price. I'd rather take Oberg later. It seems like they do want him to be the guy at some point. Look, Bard was a great story last year, missing all those years of baseball and coming back. Uh, you know, at he's 35 and he was throwing hard and uh still had a high whip still had a high walk rate so you know so it was a great story but doesn't continue i mean his velocity was up four miles per hour from the last time we saw him in baseball i mean guy didn't pitch in the majors since 2013 man and came back last year and was throwing 97 i mean great for him but uh, i don't know if we can count on that again
0: okay uh san francisco looks like they're going jake mcgee you've also got tyler rogers uh, Reyes Maranta as well, although Maranta's having a, a god awful spring.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think he has some good stuff, but the shoulder and injuries have been a problem. So I would think it's McGee, but it is also Gabe Kapler, man. And that dude, when you watch him uh, with his bullpens, man, it's insanity.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. He was the one he, like, you know, he took over as the manager for the Phillies when. You know, I was like, oh, Hector Norris is our closer. I love it here. Oh, this is great. I'm going to draft this dude. And then I saw what Kapler was like as a manager. And make sure you guys pay attention to that. Managerial tendencies uh, are definitely something that you need to, you know, stay focused on. Um, In Texas, no more Jose Leclerc. The veteran Ian Kennedy comes into play. Matt Bush, uh, Yoeli Rodriguez is another arm they have in the pen.
1: Yeah, Rodriguez is, I think, banked up, too. They've had a ton of injuries from LeClerc. Um, what was it Jonathan Hernandez? Uh-huh. Uh, they've, so they've just been decimated. So it's now Kennedy and Matt Bush, man. You would think Kennedy because he has closing experience. But boy, man, this is an absolute mess. There's no way I'm paying a high price tag for any of these guys. They have to fall into my lap.
0: Yeah, and by fall into your lap, meaning that nobody's taking them and it's the 28th round. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Last but certainly not least, Adam, the Baltimore Orioles, Hunter Harvey out for an extended period of time, uh, spoke to Mike Elias, the GM for the Orioles, uh, asked him about Cesar Valdez. He didn't really have many things to say about Cesar Valdez, so... Tanner Scott, Sean Armstrong in the mix.
1: I think it's Tanner Scott, but again, the Orioles and you know, he gets a ton of ground balls, which is great in that ballpark. Um, I don't have him anywhere. I'm willing to take a shot again if it's late, but poor Orioles closer, man, I don't know. That doesn't sound like a good investment.
0: No, it really doesn't. It really doesn't. <laughs> Well, see, there you go. Went through all 30 teams and you didn't throw up once, Adam.
1: Oh, I will after. It's so bad, bro. Like, there's just, there's so, so few reliable closers. And I probably would have put, I would have put, I would have felt good about Kirby Yates if he's healthy. Uh, And then obviously now he's hurt. So, because I think he, he yeah, pretty good job security, I thought. But there goes another one that you take down. And then the question becomes if you want these guys that have, the job security, you got to pay a price tag for them.
0: And we have seen historically, usually when you pay up for closers, it doesn't work out. Case in point, I have Kirby Yates, you have Kirby Yates on on some rosters there. And <laughs> you know, anything, anything could happen. But it just seems that if you want to talk about a position in fantasy that's just, you know, crazy volatility, it's uh, it's the closers. It definitely is. Hence, hence why everybody's moving to saves plus holds uh, instead of just the saves category
1: yeah I don't know the hold is a dumb statistic too
0: yeah well so's the win I mean the win's a dumb statistic the hold's a dumb statistic they're all arbitrary you know I mean what are you going to do how else are we going to measure pitchers though for fantasy like that's you know what wh- would you uh, What well, if you like had picking you know you were picking like your ideal pitching categories to score for fantasy what would they be
1: i would leave it as is man i mean at some point um you know it is a challenge and you got to figure out the puzzle
0: yeah so you're not into the whole like oh swap out era for fip
1: no or i'll go k
0: per nine instead of strikeouts I mean, K per nine
1: is fine. I would not do FIP. I mean, at some point, doesn't it have to be based on the actual performance of a player? Well,
0: that's what they're saying: fielding independent pitching. So but that's not
1: based. That's uh, it, but it's not based on your performance, though.
0: You have to. Uh, that's like.
1: So what are we going to start doing? Well, the um the data says that would have been a home run, but it wasn't. It was caught at the warning track because of the wind, so we count it as a home run now. That's like essentially what you're doing with FIP.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I at like some that, point, right? it's
1: got to be, you know, like, you know how you see the stats. Oh, the, oh, that ball would have been a home run only 8% of the time. Right. And the guy hit the home run. The, so, like,
0: just enough home run.
1: Yeah. So, like, I get it. All that data is good, but we're actually playing a game on the actual performance on the field. So, I don't think you can go with FIP and all that. I think it's got to be ERA. And that? that happens. Some guys are going to be unlucky given years. We know that, but that helps us for the following year as far as drafting them. Sometimes there's always the pitchers where we're like we all get sucked into uh, Dave Bush was one of them. Um, you know, those guys like, Oh yeah, the underlying stats are so good. Ricky Nelasco for a while. They did have a good but yeah, there's always gonna be players like that. Well, the underlying data says they should be we getting. Well,
0: maybe they're just not a good pitcher. Right, mean, maybe the underlying data uh, you're, you know, I mean, listen, that's one of the things when you talk about so many statistics that are created, um, a lot of them are, you know, created because people are like skewing it into a certain direction or at least trying to. So, you know, everybody says they're trying to eliminate luck. Well, sorry, can't, can't do it. Can't do it. It's uh, it's an intangible that you can't fucking calculate for. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) all right man well look at that good stuff on the closers here i think this is good i think this is this was a very beneficial exercise for for people listening in they know a you always got to pay attention to the news b you want a a top closer with you know great job security you got to pay a big price for it and that might not even work out so that's still huge risk um and then we just went through every bullpen, gave you kind of what we like, kind of what we don't like. Um, and that's the way it goes. So how about
1: think, this? So in my fifteen team main event, Liam Hendricks went pick round three, pick eight.
0: That's just dumb. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's yeah, and the that's, guy
1: took Edwin Diaz in round five.
0: All right, that's that's just he's a good player though.
1: So, we'll see. see, we'll see the results.
0: Well, I mean it's it's an obvious strategy. It's it's talking about listen, it's talking about guys who do have great job security. It's talking about guys who have been through injuries. They haven't this isn't like, you know, like, you know, first timers here. They've had their share of injuries in their career and we've seen what they've done. So, I mean, you know, it's the strategy of making that investment, you know. Obviously, you know, instead of spending your entire FAB budget chasing saves all year long.
1: Right. That's the mindset he probably has. Like, look, I'm just going to, I think these guys have good security. They should get the job done. Now, let everyone else go spend their money on FAB. I should be good. Obviously, it could change if there's an injury or something. And then the same guy sniped me around 28 on Nick Wittgren, man. Who would ever get upset about getting sniped about Nick Wittgren in round 28? But I am upset. <laughs> <laughs> like really? How do you get sniped in round 28, right? It's like, okay, we're gonna take Wickren. What? He went one pick before? And it was this same round that Jordan Romano went. That was so that was the plan. I was like, all right, we'll go Romano
0: and Wickren. Both went. Unbelievable, man. Yeah, it's not like there's like a whole bunch of relievers who are like sitting on the on the horizon where you're like, yeah, those are guys worth kind of grabbing right
1: now. Yeah, Ooh. even Matt Bush was drafted around thirty, so oh. can't even go after him. Ian Kennedy, oh, the same team took wow, the same one team and oh my god, this guy took seven pitchers to close his draft, and uh, four of them were relievers: Pomerantz, Maranta, Kennedy, and Bush. They're gonna be cut. Two of those guys are getting cut. Oh, he has a clerk too in round eighteen. Oh my goodness! Well, jeez,
0: he took three Rangers
1: relievers. He's like, I'm getting this Ranger closer.
0: <laughs>
1: wow, I just noticed that. Unbelievable.
0: You know, and the the worst part is though is that you know when you take too many of them and you spread it out, yeah, like you're like, oh, he's gonna cut them. He's gonna cut them. Like that's the problem with the relievers as well is that you know he could sit there and be like, all right, well, you know, I'll get the Rangers closer, but you know, a guy can lose the job and then get the job right back and then lose the job again and get the job right back. Like we've seen that before, you know, in a number of situations where it's the manager just going with the hot hand to close it out. Um, And you know, what happens when you're like, man, I I can't keep shuttling in three, you know, sitting with three Rangers relievers on my roster. You're going to have to cut somebody And you run the risk then of being like, fuck, now I'm going to end up, you know, that just my luck. That's the guy who's now getting all the saves.
1: Yeah, it's look, it's uh, you got to get lucky. You know, like the people who drafted like two weeks ago and got Romano like round twenty eight, twenty nine, 29, you got lucky. Like, you know, it could happen to anyone. I'm sure that I go back and look and I probably have them somewhere, maybe in a D.C., but you got lucky. Right. I mean. It happens. You kind of need some luck to go your way when you're trying to uh, attack this uh, closer position.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You definitely need a lot of luck to go your way. No doubt about it. Listen, over the years, I've done it before. I've been like, yes, you got to invest in closers. No, you got to stay away from closers. Yes, you got to invest in close. No, you got to stay away. Like, it's just, you know, it's a never ending, soul sucking uh, issue that uh, that fantasy baseball owners uh have to deal with. So, uh on that note, Adam, I'm going to close things out here. Uh again, thank you as always. Uh I'm sure everybody listening right now feeling better, a little bit better about their knowledge of bullpens. Uh, I think you did a great job breaking that down. So, thank you very much for that, man. No doubt. All right. Well, there you go, folks. We'll uh we'll be back again tomorrow so for Adam Ronis, I'm Howard Bender. This has been Andy Up, and we'll catch you next time.